We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! To the Batmoles. May the Force be with you. Who is that mask? Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Here is some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. NASA announced that the scheduled launch of the James Webb Space Telescope has been delayed. The largest and most expensive instrument ever flown, the James Webb Space Telescope is 100 times more powerful than the Hubble Telescope. Designated for a parking place one million miles from Earth, the telescope is designed to detect the infrared glow of the first galaxies to light up after the Big Bang. Utilizing a five-layer, tennis-court-sized shade to block out the heat of the sun, the telescope will operate at a temperature just above absolute zero to register the faint infrared radiation left over from the initial burst of star formation. Astronomers will be able to monitor the evolution of galaxies and the role of dark matter along with learning more about the formation of supermassive black holes like the one at the heart of the Milky Way galaxy. The telescope will be used to study the atmospheres of planets orbiting nearby stars, seeking signs of habitability, while observing planets in our solar system with power which has never been available before. A new trailer dropped this week for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. You can view the trailer on one of the FF social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore opens in theaters in April 2022. Discon 3 the 79th annual World Science Fiction Convention opened in Washington, D.C. this week at the Omnishoram Hotel. This is the first Worldcon held in the District of Columbia since 1974. Of course, Worldcon is the granddaddy of fan conventions. The first con was held in New York back in 1939. Festivities include the Hugo Awards, the annual literary award for best science fiction or fantasy works, which is considered the premier award in science fiction. The ceremony is tonight. Information is available via the website at discon3.org. Last week, the comic book world was devastated when creator George Perez announced that he is suffering with stage 3 pancreatic cancer. The prognosis is terminal, and Perez has decided not to seek treatment which would most likely be ineffective. Perez is legendary in the comics world. During his 50-year professional career, he has worked for both major publishers, created some of the most popular and enduring characters in the genre, and illustrated some of the biggest events in comics history. He is a contributor to and fundraiser for 
charities to aid his fellow comic book professionals. He is also a fan favorite who frequently attends conventions and always makes time for comics aficionados who adore the man who is certainly an industry giant. Today, we're talking about the impact Mr. Perez has had on the industry, its fans, and us. But first, here is the official spoiler-free review of Spider-Man No Way Home, which opened in theaters yesterday. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Spider-Man No Way Home is the third film from Sony in collaboration with Marvel Studios featuring the wall crawler. It is the sixth appearance of Tom Holland in the role. If you are a fan, this is the Spider-Man movie that you've been waiting for. In all his previous Marvel Cinematic Universe appearances, the webhead has been burdened by his relationship to Tony Stark. Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017 was an Iron Man movie that happened to have Spider-Man in it. Marvel's most popular character was reduced to sidekick status in a film he headlined. And even after the Stark character's death, Robert Downey Jr. and his portrayal of Iron Man still loomed large in 2019's Spider-Man Far From Home, as that character provided the story's impetus. Spidey fans have been awaiting a movie in which he could get out from Iron Man's shadow and be the superhero we remember from the comics that built the self-styled house of ideas. Spider-Man No Way Home is that film. Far From Home ended in a cliffhanger. Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio seized control of Tony Stark's technology and wrought havoc in London. Spider-Man managed to stop Mysterio in a battle that cost the villain his life. But before he died, Mysterio managed to make a video recording implicating Spider-Man in the destruction. And worse, revealed him to be Peter Parker. No Way Home picks up immediately where Far From Home ended. Hounded from all sides, Peter is caught between law enforcement, the media, and legions of fans, as well as those who believe Mysterio's lies. Frustrated and desperate for a way out, Peter reaches out to Doctor Strange in the hope the sorcerer's magic can make the entire world forget his secret identity. But the spell goes awry, opening a doorway into the multiverse and allowing others who know Spider-Man's dual identity to reach our world. Peter finds himself overwhelmed by supervillains seeking vengeance against Spider-Man. Now Peter is in a race against time, not only to stop the criminals, but also find a way to return them to their own worlds before they can destroy him and those he loves. Spider-Man No Way Home stars Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, J.K. Simmons, Jamie Foxx, and Jacob Batalon. The inclusion of villains from previous Sony Spider-Man movies is a wonderful novelty. I especially enjoyed seeing Defoe and Molina as Norman Osborn and Otto Octavius. Both excelled in their outings as solo villains and reprised those roles magnificently. John Watts returns to direct yet another Spider-Man picture. He has an affinity for the character that he gets to explore to a greater degree in this outing. Other Marvel Sony veterans, Chris McKenna and Eric Summers return as writers after having worked on the previous Spider-Man films as well as Ant-Man and the Wasp. They exploit the multiverse angle to great advantage, keeping the audience on the edge of its seat throughout. 
Holland's Spider-Man really has to step it up in this movie. No one comes running to the rescue the way Stark did in Homecoming. The web-slinger has to be the hero. In the greatest Spider-Man tradition, our hero must rediscover that with great power comes great responsibility. And that's a responsibility which he alone must shoulder. The character gets to complete his heroic journey. There were a lot of rumors about this movie. All I can say is that there are some terrific cameos that are sure to satiate the desires of Marvel fans. The story elements work harmoniously, and the movie is ultimately very satisfying and provides a representation of the Spider-Man character which is consistent with the original source material. It clocks in at 2 hours and 28 minutes. However, with its absolutely frenetic pace, that time goes by quickly. There are two problems you usually find in a movie with so many characters. One is a lack of character development, but the existing familiarity from previous films eliminates that as an issue. Although, if you didn't see the Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield movies, or the earlier entries with Tom Holland, you're going to be totally lost regardless of whatever comic books you may have read. The other problem is that characters tend to get lost and miss screen time. That's not an issue either, as everyone has something to do and gets to interact effectively. It's a balancing act I don't know that I've ever seen pulled off so artfully. The movie is rated PG-13, with a lot of action and violence. There's no nudity or sex, but the rating is pretty much on point, mainly due to the violent nature of the superhero action. I'd leave the younger kids at home. This is one of the better Marvel movies to date. Spider-Man is a hero who strives to be his best, even when things are at their worst. He is an inspiration and an example, exemplifying the values and standards promoted in the best tradition of superhero comic books. The Spider-Man movie you've been waiting for. Three and a half stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Four. The official FF review of Spider-Man No Way Home, which opened yesterday. The movie is sure to take first place at this weekend's box office, now it's time to introduce today's panel. And joining me today are Roberto Ortiz, Drew Bittner, and Julian Lytle. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello. Glad Hello. to be here. Yeah. So, uh, last week, I avoided this particular news item. Uh, and, of course, you heard it in the news items, but uh, it's, it's the very sad news about... George Perez, who is an iconic comic book artist, and of course, Mr. Perez came out last week and revealed that he has stage three pancreatic cancer, Sweet Lord. and uh, and it's a it's a death sentence. And I know about this because uh, my late father-in-law, God rest his soul, uh, perished from the same thing. And usually, when you find out you have it, just because of the nature of pancreatic cancer, uh, it's too late. And, and that is the case with Mr. Perez. And um, Roberto, you have a particular affinity yeah. for George Perez. Um, it, now, of course, I, I've loved the guy since I saw his work years ago on The Avengers. And uh, in fact, uh, there is, well, why don't I just let you uh, yeah. say how you feel about this? I remember when I was a teenager that the first comic book I ever picked up from a store that I bought and I was could not wait to show it to my friends was Crisis on the Infinite Earths. Mm -hmm. 
And it's funny because to say that you started collecting comic books because of Crisis of the Freaking Infinite Earth, drawn by George Perez and written by Mark Wolfman, it's kind of like saying that you're a heroin addict and you're basically trying to chase that first high and it's impossible because <laughs> it's Christ of the Infinite Earth for the love of God thrown by George Perez. And I said to myself, my God, this guy can draw like a God. And the next high I got from him in terms of experience was when he started doing Wonder Woman back mm. in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And for me, what he did to that character endeared me to the character. And the fact that he was able to basically expand on so much on her mythology in such an incredible way was incredible. And I could not wait every month to get my hands on the next issue of Wonder Woman because of what he what he was doing, which was felt epic and incredible. And it's he's such an incredible artist. And it's 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 worse than that. It's because it's not only that he's incredible. It, you know how some artists make it look easy? When mm -hmm. you see a page by George Perez, the last thing as an artist you think is, oh, this is easy. No, you think, holy God, this looks complicated. <laughs> how is a human being doing this? And yeah, very that, detailed work. Yes, but yeah. but not only is in, in detailed, he gets it that what to emphasize. Other artists emphasize on nonsense, right? He will make uh, Diana look like a specific person. He will make the Vanessa Capetelis look like a specific person. He captures the idea that these are people living in this comic book world, and you get the people part very well. And his imagination, and so much he has contributed to the industries, uh, mm -hmm. it's beyond belief. It's DC Comics basically owes him so much, it's not even funny. Uh, but that's me. I, I and I took the news of his illness really badly, and this is the first time I actually openly talking about it because I cannot even believe it. Well, I, and I appreciate uh, you sharing all that because I took it pretty hard myself, and uh, and I know a lot. I mean, based just based on what I have seen, the outpouring of support and sympathy and compassion from the entire comic book industry yes. has just been absolutely overwhelming. But it, it, Roberto, as you said, this guy is truly a giant yes. in the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he was my favorite art. I, and, and I got to say, Neil Adams was my guy, okay? When I first <laughs> saw his art, I think it was like Avengers 94 was the first one I saw. And I'm like, my God, this is incredibly realistic and detailed. And But George Perez, when I saw his stuff, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You're, I mean, and not to diminish or belittle Mr. Adams at all. I mean, because people have do. different styles. But there is there, there was a power to George Perez's yes. art. And I'm one of these people, I like when somebody's stuff is clean and you can see it all. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Gene Colan, but you know, that stuff was all kind of dark and kind of mushy and all that. And, and George Perez's stuff, I mean, you could, like I said, you could see it. You could see exactly what everything was and the detail that you mentioned from it all. You know, yeah. now, now, like I said, from the very beginning, uh, with a, with the Avengers, that was where I discovered the man. But along the way, I mean, like you said, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. I mean, there were there there's so many. I mean, New Teen Titans. Yeah. There's so many touch points. But for me, 
that JLA Avengers crossover. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, oh man, this guy. I mean, who else would you want to do? I mean, a crossover between the the premier super team in comics, the Justice League of America, and then the other like premier team in comics, the Avengers. I mean, really, he was the perfect artist for that. But he's for that, um, yeah, for that story. Mm-hmm. Well, and had started drawing it years Way back earlier. in like the nine, early nineties, and late eighties, or something when they originally planned to do it. I know when it, it like, looked like it might happen, and then and it he had didn't. to shelve it. Yeah, but yeah, those pages. He was ready to go. But the thing is that you know what they say: never meet your heroes. He that every time you meet, basically your heroes, they disappoint mm, you. Yes, mm-hmm. he was mm. the opposite. He was. Yes. Let's say I, I will drop names because I mean this. You, I met Neil Adams. I read about uh, John Byrne. They have earned the reputation of being, you know, terrible, terrible reputations, <laughs> terrible, terrible reputations. But they're great artists. Yes, they are. But good God, shut up in your personal life. You're a horrible person. But George Perez is one of the sweetest guys I've ever met in my life. In terms of when I met him in. in in Baltimore Comic Con. Mm-hmm. He was warm. He loved talking to children. He was everything you wish a comic book artist you admire would be like. Yeah. And yeah. that's what makes me really sad about this because there's some human beings which names I will not mention that I don't understand why God allows them to continue going on and on and on and making everybody's life miserable. And there's wonderful human beings like him that have to endure this. And he doesn't deserve this. He was, he's a great guy. And from what I heard, cross the board, great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it sucks. Yeah. Oh, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner and Julian Lytle and Roberto Ortiz. And we're reflecting on the life and career of George Perez, uh, who revealed uh, week before last that he is suffering with stage three pancreatic cancer. And essentially, uh, this is the other thing, Um, he has declined treatment because at this point uh, they'd have to give him chemo and radiation and it's it would only prolong uh, his suffering basically it's not gonna there's, there's no way to reverse the cancer he has declined treatment apparently has been told that he's got about six between six months and a year Jesus. left you know and so but just what you were saying about what a wonderful person he is yeah. even in this in this in this i mean he still he set up a facebook page where his fans can interact with him he's going to be doing some convention appearances apparently he's made arrangements to refund the money for those sketches uh, he couldn't finish yeah i mean who does that it's like wow. oh you you blew <laughs> you just, but no i mean and and he is still as amiable yeah. and in good humor and and has genuinely been moved by the outpouring of of sympathy and you know the well wishes that he's received. I mean, it's you know you're right, but well, I, I mean, you've been mm-hmm. you, you were talking earlier about GLA Avengers. Um, there's a move on right now, a push to get that reprinted so that um, he can 
receive additional money from it, and there yeah. can be like a tribute volume made mm. for him, things like that. And, they should um, do it. Yeah, I they think do it. I think Marvel and DC may actually come together on that. I mean, they he's do it. he's he's an amazing creator. He did amazing work for both companies. They both owe him a tremendous amount. God, yeah. And I mean, I I, I don't see Jim Lee just saying uh, whatever to this. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, they definitely. Well, I think since the the Wonder Woman omnibus, the first one I think has come out, so they're probably they're probably going to just start putting more of his stuff in into print. Yeah. Probably another one of them involved, uh, Omnibus, if they fit. I don't know if they got all of his run into that first one, but I would. No, they don't. I, I would expect. I would expect that they are probably already had a second one on the schedule, but I would expect they're going to get a lot more stuff into the. Yeah, I think so too, soon. and I, I think Marvel will do the same. Yeah, like three printing yeah, all these yeah. Avengers. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll see how well they do, and you know, my bias is about the box logo. You know, the Marvel <laughs> of comics. We'll see if they can come together, because I was lucky enough to get that not absolute absolute edition of JLA Avengers, hooked by Crook. But mm. we'll see if they, they bring that back. Well, I mean, because that actually had the old pages in it too. Yes, the compendium. I got that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because George Perez, uh, uh, kind of unique among comic book artists, this guy isn't hurting. You know, he's still, and in fact, in I have a interview with him uh, that I had conducted a couple of years ago back at AwesomeCon, uh, and we'll hear that soon. But one of the things that he says in that interview is that he still maintains a, a very good income by his previous work. I wonder and, why, considering yeah. all the IP he created, for the love of yeah. God, mm-hmm. Deathstroke, the Terminator, the teen, uh, the incarnation of Teen Titans, the monkeys like, which is basically Raven, for the love of well, God. Teen yeah. Titans. Raven, uh, Starfire, Cyborg. Yeah. TV show. He gets checks. I know he gets checks from the the boys yeah. across the street. I don't know about that. Um, I don't know if Taskmaster gave him, got him any money in Black Widow. Ooh. Mm. I know I know Slade got him a couple of checks every time he get used. Yeah. He get a check. That's why he been in the cartoons. George and Marvel both been in the cartoon. Like, hey. No, I, I don't I, know about Taskmaster. I would suspect not. <laughs> you know, know, I don't know. Whatever cat is from Marvel, they didn't pop up. You know, I don't know. Yeah. That is not Marvel's way. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> My biases is corrupting the episode. <laughs> Look, that's not bias. That I mean, that's that's the reality of the business and how Marvel yeah. conducts business. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I'm I'm if they do re-release JLA Avengers or any of his other outstanding work, I, I well, you know, JLA Avengers oh. mainly because oh. that that requires Marvel sign off. Don't they? I mean, don't they? Yeah, the, yeah. Don't they, know, they owe him because I know it took a lot for Stalin to get money. For Infinity War Endgame, but who else deserves a half the a half the check? I I think it's George Perez, and maybe jo- yeah. Ron gets a little bit too because he helped yeah. finish the end. But yeah, I, th- I yeah, think Ron the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. I think that was sold because yeah. it was George Perez. That image come and get me. You know, yeah. it's like, well, I think that was. It's, it's funny how that basically fell out of the conversation, but you're. Spot yeah. on. It's you, like, mm-hmm. it's you know, because Stalin was the one mainly fighting because he ain't got as much DC stuff given him. He, again, how many shows we got Slade in? I or know. Deathstroke the Terminator? How many? He in Young Justice. He's in Benad. He's been in Arrow. Yeah. He didn't been in 
Every ver- he been in the Titan show. He oh, been in all the Titan cartoons. The- he got his own animated movie. He been in the Arkham game. He been in Injustice. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you there's a little. Every once in a while he gets a check. I was like, I don't even know what this check is for. I'm just getting money, 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 money. Oh, look at Cyborg. Cyborg in this. Cyborg in Super Pets too. He got an Afro now. I'm about to check. About to come through. Oh, Raven in this. Another check about to come through right now. Who was the other original character in New Teen Titans? Starfire or something else? Uh, Here come another check coming right now. (laughs) Actually, think about the characters he has created. Beast Boy. He didn't create Beast Boy. No. He didn't create Beast Boy. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. He's he's part of the Doom Patrol. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we have Raven. That's one of those, uh, what do they call it? Um, Uh... Not legacy. Not. Well, we don't know if legacy characters, but he, he was a pre-existing character. His, his yeah. iconic, his yeah. iconic version is the new Teen Titans version. Yeah. Yes. Well, the question Ch- is, Changeling is. Let, his let's version. think about this. How many characters he has created for both companies? Arnold here? Drake deserves. He created. <laughs> okay, he Arnold's created long dead. So. Deathstroke. <laughs> he created Brother Blood. He created. Oh my God. Uh, Trigon. Trigon. Trigon the Turb. Starfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, didn't he like co-create them with Marvel? Yes, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. Of course. Of well, I'm just saying they they both get their checks. Left. Yes. Marvel Wolfman, he passed away, did? No, no. no. Still kicking. He no. getting checks. Like, he Len, getting flip table over. They getting Len, checks. Len Wein's gone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So who? Oh, it was Daniel. Daniel O'Neill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which other characters I'm missing? Uh, lots. Taskmaster. Uh, Panther. Like so many Titans. Yeah, Titans. <laughs> Like all the Titans. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. Any, any Titan that wasn't like a any Batman character. And actually, I hate to say this, but the new movie of Wonder Woman owes a lot yeah. to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. God. Well, he did some of, yeah. The first, some of the more serious work on the Wonder Woman character. What I he mean, when for he her, wanted yeah. to do that, I mean, DC was like, oh, my God, take it, George. Yeah. No, but what he did for something. that character. Yeah, the whole um, the, the well, gods thing. He, he, he reinvented her as a mythological yes. character. Mm-hmm. She, before that, she was just a superhero. She was well, just... Well, you know, made out of clay and all well, that. But you know. it made so much sense that, she, yeah, she's the son, daughter of I Zeus. I think what he really he added to more, I think, the Amazons... Yeah, mm. he really fleshed out the Amazon oh, part. Oh yeah, in fact, the whole Philippa thing. So a yeah, lot, of, a lot of that yeah. stuff in the movie in terms of, in regards to the Amazons. But you know what? His name was in the credits. Yes. So most I'm, likely, again, going by the way, <laughs> Paul Levis hooked up them <laughs> contracts, <laughs> but he got paid. <laughs> that George Rez got some little money because again, Doomsday was barely in Batman vs Superman, and he said that's the most. Oh, who drew um, the, the Death of Superman? Uh, oh, Orway. Orway said that's the most money he ever got. This is all much people the most money he ever got was from a random appearance of a character in a DC movie. Yeah. I think Stalin, he's like, the most money he ever got was with KGBs, and he wouldn't even call KGBs in Batman vs. Superman. I'm just saying. That's true. I, George Perez is great, and I know that one half of the big two most likely has taken care of him a lot better than the other half. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to get JLA Avengers again, but I know the price is going to go up. Yeah. And hopefully... A lot of people do the right thing. Yeah. And I'm glad that he get all the love that he's getting now while he's still alive to see it and yes. hear it and read I hope it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Well, he is infinitely deserving. He did so much. But again, now, see, I just thought about it. See, I'm mad at Taskmaster. They ruined Taskmaster. And I bet you he ain't getting no check. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm tight. Why did he do for Marvel? He did <laughs> Taskmaster. He did, uh, what? what are you talking about? The characters he created? Yes, or, yes, oh, yes. Um, uh, co-created White Tiger. Mm. Is one of those Puerto Rican Carol. Yeah. yeah, there you go. They don't even use him 
If, if, if he gonna pop up somewhere. How about try? Well, he did a lot of stuff on Fantastic Four. He was Warriors. working on that for a while. Hmm? Spider Man Web Warriors. Yeah. Oh, Sorry that Henry that. Peter Gyrich. That's what he it created. Is. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah him See? and Shooter. Guess what? Yeah. He, he, that, he ain't in no. He ain't in not. They no one Avengers thing. That's why the Avengers movies ain't be hitting right. They ain't got Henry Peter Gyrich in there. <laughs> they had Gyrich in one of the X Men movies. Knows that. Yep. Wow. And he be in cartoons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't want to give him shooter and George Perez money. I'll bet he shows up at some point. But right now, Martin Freeman is kind of the Gyrick character a little bit. He's mm, not the same. Not, not the same. But I'll tell you something. You, you know he's not all, all about the money because um, this is my, one of my favorite stories about uh, Con going. Um, I'd taken Brielle to Awesome Con, mm-hmm. and it was the third day. It was Sunday. We were exhausted. We see a table kind of off to itself. Long line of people mm-hmm. waiting, and a guy is just going as fast as he can doing sketches and I said to Brielle do you want to meet the guy that co-created Raven and she's like yeah because she was a huge Raven fan at the time mm-hmm. still is really but so we took her I took her over to the table and said Mr. Perez my little daughter just wants to say one thing and she steps up and says I like Raven oh. he looks up gets this huge smile on his face and says I like Raven too <laughs> <laughs> and we're like oh, that's all she wanted to say and she's like no 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 wait and he stops what he's working on he takes out another sketchbook he draws you know, classic Raven in oh, in profile, wow. like a, a profile of her. Yeah. And then, you know, Teen Titans Raven, the cartoon Raven. He says, I don't really know the cartoon Raven really well, but I'll, I'll try and fake it for you. And he said, he said, so uh, you, you like the you like the cartoon a lot, huh? And he's like talk, talking to my daughter and yeah. she's really getting into it. And he's, she's watching him work. And she's like, like, whoa, oh my gosh, you're, you're, what a, that's, that's really great. <laughs> so really and, then he, and then he tears it out and he's like, uh, how much do I, and he's like, no, no, it's on me. Oh, and he says, oh. and he says, I hope you, yeah, like, uh, hope you like the sketch. Mm. And yeah. we said, thank you so much. When I die, I'm gonna talk to the fans. Yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna talk to God when I die and say, dude, really? I mean, people like him. We need more on planet Earth. Why? Yeah. Why? When you go see the Lord, understand that He is divine. As humans, we cannot comprehend the divine will of God. You know, it's just like I mean, but. You gotta, you gotta have faith that this is part of the plan, and maybe part of it is how moved we have all been, and maybe, maybe you start a scholarship in George Perez's honor. Maybe you are inspired to help somebody else or to do something. Certainly, every, I mean, it's, it's as if the entire comic book world yes. had the eyes of the entire comic book world have turned to this man and. This is not the only conversation that is going on, I'm certain right now, about his life, his legacy, his place in the industry. And the the comic books are among those unique art forms that, because of the nature of it, his work is going to outlive him. Oh, God, and yeah. Yeah. he's going to be long gone. I mean, all the people in this industry are going to be long gone. And yet, there's going to be somebody new who picks up Avengers 141, you know, and it's like, wow, who's this guy? This is, I haven't seen, I, I didn't notice this before. Yeah, it's like, he's one of the few artists I can honestly say I don't think he ever, from a script to art, he never phoned it in. He really did, he killed himself, literally by how hard he worked by making each and every page count. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, he's even said he wants, he wanted to draw every comic book character out there. 
Yeah. And I think they I think hate every superhero. I mean, he, he. I don't know if he, he's. I don't think he's doing every single one. They keep making up new ones. Not, not everyone, but I mean, it's but it's, it's a it's worthy goal, I and it probably he, comes close to anybody. Every Avenger, and every Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain time, I, I, I think he got to a point where he did draw every single one. <laughs> I, I yeah. think it's. I think he's close. So yes. for that date, yeah, mm-hmm. he think by the time that JLA Avengers was done, I think he drew all. At that point, you know, after that, they make new ones. Again. But he got them all in. Indeed, indeed. Well, but I tell you what, though. That musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break. Because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station, among other things. That means we're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. Please visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org. Find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift today. you still got time to get in under the wire this year so you can deduct it next year. So don't forget about that. But don't go anywhere because Roberto and Drew and Julian and I are only just beginning to talk about this fantastic artist who creator uh, iconic legend and you know I, I mean that when I say that you know who is George Perez so stick around we'll be right back and welcome back to Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM Radio Arlington I'm Ulysses E. Campbell I'm joined today by Julian Lytle, Roberto Ortiz, and Drew Bittner. We are talking about the life and legacy and career of the great George Perez, who announced week before last that he is suffering with stage three pancreatic cancer. He has declined treatment and apparently has uh, no more than six months to a year to live. And we're talking about the tremendous impact all of that has uh, on everybody. But uh, before we get into talking anymore, I was fortunate enough to sit down with Mr. Perez several years ago at AwesomeCon, and we're going to represent that interview for you right now. Let's take a listen. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. We're here at AwesomeCon DC, and I am talking to the awesomest George Perez. Thank you so much for being with us, sir. Oh, my pleasure. By the way, Ulysses Campbell, Fantastic Forum, awesome names. I'm all right off the bat. I like that, yes. Well, I got to tell you, you are one of my all-time favorite comic book artists. I mean, I remember the first time that I saw your work in The Avengers, uh-huh. you know, those early, it was the fight. Exactly. Right. Squadron Supreme, all mm-hmm. that. Oh, well, that was my first, yes. The Squadron Supreme storyline was Phantom Empire, issue 141, yes. <laughs> You know it better than I do. <laughs> but, you know, for so long I've looked at the stuff. I mean, that Fantastic Four, you know, of course, when you, you know, went over to do the new Teen Titans. But, I mean, you, you had a, a remarkable career that continues to this day. I mean, the new stuff that you were doing on Superman, to say nothing of that JLA Avengers crossover. Uh, that, that was a fanboy dream come true, yes. Believe me, that, that, that was a high point in my career. I mean, I've, I've been blessed with a lot of high points in my career. and. and Lucky that after 40 years in the industry, that I'm still that pretty girl at the dance, and I'm constantly being asked uh, for the next dance, and not, you know the fact that I'm still working and enjoying it immensely. Mm-hmm. Well, I personally, I think that has so much to do with the overall quality of your work. You know where you know, and and I love comic book art, 
but somehow you have been able to maintain an incredibly high standard for the work that you put out, you know, that keeps you in demand. Well, it's also that Frankenstein that I created. Uh, now that I put it, I'm known for putting so many, so much detail and so many characters in there. If I started uh, slacking off, they would say, "Oh my God, George Perez is losing it." Uh, so of course, I got to constantly fight my own shadow. Uh, but the thing is, I also genuinely enjoy drawing for drawing's sake, and I mean. I make a good living, I've enjoyed a wonderful life thanks to comics, so when I'm drawing, I still have a great love and I feel like I really have to earn my money. I really want to earn, I'm having too much fun, so I gotta put in more so that I get the ultimate compliment from any editor when they send me back an email commenting on the page, they just gotta say, you're insane. The ultimate compliment. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you get that compliment quite a bit. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, 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 it's, it's amazing how well I can draw in a straight jacket. It's amazing. <laughs> well, now, you've done so many different characters, you know, for so many different companies. Um, is there any particular work that you've done for you that stands out or something that, you know, was especially... I mean, as I think of, like, that JLA Avengers crossover where you had actually started drawing it years earlier when it looked like it was going to happen. The original version, yes. I mean, I've been, I've, again, I've been very lucky in that regard where I've had a lot of, you know, landmark stories and books that I've just enjoyed uh, in, you know, in totally different um, uh, storylines from different companies. I've been... I had a lot of memorable uh, stories that I truly enjoyed in the Avengers, in the, obviously the Teen Titans, Wonder Woman, the, the Crisis, and the entire Crisis series, and JLA Avengers. I've been very, very lucky. I've had uh, the opportunity to uh, be involved in some major uh, books, which were great challenges, but I absolutely loved it. It was one of, I mean, the, the more complicated it was, the better artist I became once I finished it. And I, I, the fact that it's obviously a lot of it still stands the test of time, which I'm very, very proud of, particularly like in the case of the Titans, which I didn't even think would last six issues. Uh, and now I'm still generating income from characters I created well over 30 years ago. Um, and but, uh, just, I mean, and right now I'm working on a new series called She Devils for Boom Entertainment. And well, I'm, I'm still jazzed. I still, like, here I am at a convention having a great time, but I really want to get back to my drawing board and continue on that comic. <laughs> and that is what keeps you at the top of your game. Mm -hmm. Hey, what advice would you have to young artists just breaking into the business or trying to? Well, I mean, two things. First of all, obviously, you have to love doing it first because there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of competition, a lot of challenges. One great advantage is the fact that they can obviously produce their work digitally and get a large audience to look at it uh, even before they themselves turn pro. Just to get criticism, they get the discipline of producing a book on, on time. You know, try to set a schedule for yourself when you're, try, when you're producing a, a work so that, yes, you can do a beautiful, beautiful story, a beautiful, beautiful page, but if it took you three months to do that one page, you're not going to get a job. I mean, I mean, you're beautiful work, but they can't hire you on a regular basis. Uh, and in comics, one of the key things to always remember is you're trying to tell a story. You're not drawing pinups, you're not drawing uh, posters, you're telling a story, and that's a discipline everyone really should learn. And I imagine it as if you're doing storyboards for a silent movie, where as much information has to be placed in the artwork to make the writing a lot easier so that the writer can say, can give the character's personality, can, can explain some nuances, but the second the writer has to explain what's going on in the page, and the artist is not doing his job. Yeah, and it's funny because I was thinking that uh, the artist hasn't done his job mm -hmm, <laughs> if that's mm -hmm. what it falls to. Right. All right. So in terms of, so you said what you're doing now. Um, what's the next 
book for either Marvel or DC that you're going to be doing? Because I know you've been working on Superman. You well, left that. The thing is, I'm no longer working at either Marvel or DC. In fact, I'm an employee of Boom Entertainment. Oh. Um, and a lot of the things that are being done at Marvel and DC, and I, I think, hey, some of the stuff I've heard about is great. Some of the stuff I've, I don't know much about. But it was time for me to move on. The characters aren't the same ones that I grew up with. Um, and rather than being the, the sour old man, um, you know, c complaining about how things used to be, I said, no, no, their characters, they're right. They know better what they want to do with their, with their characters than I, as an individual, would with my own prejudices and my own limitations. So I said, no, that's fine. I've had a wonderful ride with both Marvel and DC, and Boom has come in at the right time for me when I just needed something where I had a little more creative freedom without everything uh, being done as you know, part of a big corporation. Um, and, and I, mean, I, I still receive offers from DC and Marvel, uh, but this is where I need to be right now. Uh, if nothing else, to keep my muscles uh, in tone. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm sure you will be receiving offers from them and a lot more companies for a long time. But you know, I, it's something that I have heard from a lot of artists, you know, is that you know, independent, and I personally feel, cause, and don't get me wrong, hey, I'm wearing a Flash t-shirt, love <laughs> Marvel, love DC, but it seems as if the independents are places where, you know, for the very reasons you mentioned, not constrained by, you know, certain characters and the way that they are, you know, supposed to be handled, you know, so, um, and to say nothing of the opportunity to do creator-owned properties, you know? Yes, I mean, and the thing is, it's a gamble. Uh, I, I, I know that, of course, you know, whenever you do a creator-owned book, then you know, all, everything rides on you, all the success may, ride, may, may rise on you. And I am very fortunate, again, because of my career at DC, is that, uh, particularly at DC, uh, is that my royalties, because of all the characters that Marvel Wolfman and I created in the Teen Titans and other characters that I've been responsible for, I earn enough in royalties that drawing comics it's something I'm doing for the sheer fun of it. I'm not worried about the sales. I want to do the best work I can, the most personal work I can, and hope there's an audience for it. But thankfully, my mortgage is in writing on it. So drawing for the sheer love of drawing is something I could never ever imagine. This year, I turned 60 years old, and I feel like I'm the, the youngest I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. well, finally, you have made such an incredible connection with the fans, and you know, I mean, you're so gracious and so friendly with everybody. In fact, I was chatting it up with you at the Baltimore Comic Con. You were sitting over at, uh, you know, the um, uh, in Heroes booth. The Heroes and Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're you know doing commissions for people, and I was just kind of standing there, and we were trying to chit chat, and I'm thinking, this guy is so cool. I mean, you know, and I saw where you drew uh, Heather Kelly. You know, cosplayer yes, yes, into yes. the super bad book. You know, mm. so you've got these connections with the fans. I think I absolutely adore the fans, and I, uh, I mean they've been very good uh, to me as well. And I remember being a fan. I remember the excitement, and I don't want ever to be the one responsible for souring them on my industry, on the on the on the industry that has been so good to me. And they have been good to me as well. I mean, they are part of this industry. They are the readers. They are my audience. They're the, they're the people I'm trying to reach. And when I see them at a convention, I work in a vacuum. I work, I work in my studio. I work alone. So to finally see my audience, to hear the applause, as it were, um, is gratifying, energizing. And I've become Uncle George to so many of, 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 of the fans, which I'm very flattered. I feel like Walt Disney. Um, and I'm always realizing that they're the ones who plunked the, what well, used to be changed, now it's folding money, um, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the books that I'm doing. I mean, I have a career and I have uh, longevity. I wouldn't be there without them. I mean, if no one read my books, I'd, be, I, I'd have, 
no real career to speak of. Um, and my job is then not to pander to them, but my job is to excite them. So one of the dangers of, of, of uh, loving your fans is that you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't want to do something that they may not like. But fans, every fan has their own different point of view. So they, the best thing you can do is be as creative, be as true to yourself as you can be, surprise them and let them know that, hey, I love what I'm doing, I hope you love what I'm doing too. And if you don't agree with what I do in the, with the story, maybe it'll stir up conversation. And if I hear that uh, conversation and I, I think, maybe you're right, maybe I can change something, then you've had some power. And if you're not, then we respect each other's difference of opinion. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, just so long as you know that it's your incredible talent and your dedication to putting out the highest possible quality product that keeps the fans coming back time and time again. I'm always of the feeling that if the artists, like, and I've heard you know, artists who sometimes complain that, you know, that um, the, the industry has passed them by or if they've lost the favor of the fans. And I, I mean, considering I have not really changed my style uh, in 40 years, but I want the fans to see I put that extra work in. I put in that, you know, that extra time and detail into my work because I love what I do. And I have, a, my whole feeling is that's infectious. If they can see that you're excited about the page, you have a chance of making them excited about the page. But if you're not excited with what you're doing, how can you really expect them to, to say, oh, I want to pick up the next issue? When, no, he's just going through the motions and he doesn't seem to care, then why should I? So I, my feeling is, if I, uh, I have to draw as if I'm a fan uh, as well, who wants to be entertained, to want to make sure that if you're plunking out that amount of money for a book, you feel like it's worth it. I like the fact that people say, oh my God, I can't look at a George Perez page and at one time I, I find something new every time. Good, I'm giving them buck, value for their buck. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, sir. Because uh, as one who has enjoyed your work from the very beginning, I, you know, I just, I wait with bated breath for the stuff that you put out. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. There you have it. The voice of George Perez himself. Tremendous creator, fantastic artist, and just an all-around nice guy. And, you know, one of the things that I love about that, you know, because we were talking about how you can rely on this guy not to phone it in. That part where he said... What he wants to hear from editors is, George Perez, you are insane. You know? yeah. It's like, you know, because, you know, the work is just that detailed. You know, the other thing, the fact that he had retired from uh, yeah. mainstream comics work and, you know, had, had been focusing on his own creator own stuff, you know, after a long career. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But. Um, you know, and and I, I found out uh, just recently that because uh, what he had been suffering with um, uh, diabetes and it had affected his sight, yeah. apparently, and had made it very difficult for him to continue working yeah. you know, based on that. So um, he actually you know. came back to work just because of the health insurance. And that would be DC Comics, who actually was. Yeah, I know. DC Comics actually offered good health insurance. And so that's why he came back to work. Mm -hmm. And they were giving him light assignments mm -hmm. for that same reason. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. No, we're, we're, I, I, we're all so profoundly affected by this. Uh, the, um, oh, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz 
and Drew Bittner and Julian Lytle. We've been talking about the life and career of George Perez. Um, but I'd like for each of us to talk a little bit about um, some of his work that you have found particularly affecting or that drew you in somehow or, you know, that you were just really awed by. Hmm. And, uh, you know, Julian, let's start with you. Huh. I would say I probably always saw his work around, but when I was a, when I was a kid, all I cared about was the X-Men, and he didn't do a lot of X-Men. Hmm. Um, when I was older, you know, his, when he came back, he came back to the Avengers yep. with Kurt Busiek. It was it was it was interesting to see because he just draws so many daggone characters. He was drawing everybody, but I it was probably it was it was probably when reading Christ on Infinite Earths because I didn't read that until I was an adult mm-hmm. and just being impressed with all the stuff they did in it. And then yeah, that JLA versus Avengers that joint was fire. That yeah. yo, my man Superman get the hammer and he got the shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's him versus yeah. Krona. <laughs> And I'm sitting there like, oh my, he about to go. <laughs> you know, you know everything in that book, it has so many random little details, little touches from here and there. Stuff they, they he was able to add in. It's just, it's just impressive because it's like, you know he worked hard and he looked, he, see, because it, it's just so much stuff going on. Yeah. Like he drew all the background mm-hmm. and all the characters and all the outfits and every texture of every outfit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and for for me, I think um, I would say Wonder Woman because yeah. that was really the first time he had taken on writing as well as being the yeah. artist. Mm. And it's it's not something that a lot of people can do. People tend to be better at one thing than the other. But he was a great storyteller yes. with Wonder Woman. He reinvigorated the Amazons we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. He recreated Wonder Woman as a mythological character in the context of a mythology that was still vibrant and alive in the DC universe, which is, you know, that's a pretty good trick. Um, and also, I'll, I'll echo that, you know, with Marv Wolfman, he created DC's equivalent of the X-Men. Yeah. He gave them a foundational team to sort of build their stories around for for a few years there. And they're still mining it to this day. And they they are. And they were mining it for Wonder Woman 84 and for all these other things. And, you know, I just think that, you know, that's that's a pretty rare combination that he was he was a great storyteller, not just visually, but also in terms of the writing that he did. And um, just acknowledge that. Yeah. So I'm going to have to say New Teen Titans because I remember when that came out, and I wasn't reading it at first, but there was a friend of mine, a guy who was in my English class, and what he told me, and I've never forgot this, George Levine, I owe you one, he says, it's too good to pass up. (laughs) And then when I started reading it, I was like, oh, dude, you were right. I mean, but, you know, there again, I mean, this was... I'm like sur- nothing I had read. I'm surprised you guys have not brought up the most famous storyline from Teen Titans, the Judas Contract. I- True, but it's just like, you can say just that, but it's so much. Like, from the Terror of Trigon, you jump off with the Terror of Trigon. <laughs> you, got, you got the Judas Contract. Yeah. You, you got, you, you got um, them going to Tamarind and all that stuff. Mm. Hey, the... You also got when when one of the girl get married, 
Oh, like, yeah. this is oh, so Marf, much stuff. Marv Marf Wolfman marries Wonder, Wonder this, Girl. There's so much that goes on that in Teen Titans. Was Marf you know that, right? Everything <laughs> with high. <laughs> he wrote himself in the damn book. Uh. In the, um, was it the I Fatal Five? The Fatal Five? Yeah, all that. It's so, it's like everything on that first run is fire. Mm-hmm. It's too, it's, the, was it Titans Hunt? Like, everything is fire. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you can say that is clearly. The one they want to mind the most because you know having a team with a with a traitor that's a great story, and that's yeah, actually yes. when well they had more than one traitor. Yeah, <laughs> that's when Slade really becomes Slade. You know what I'm saying? There's, yeah. Like there's a point with the cut off the Spider Man. There's a point with Craven Hunter is Craven Hunter. Then there's a point where he buries him alive. Then there's Craven the Hunter. You know, that's, mm. <laughs> Judas contract with with Slade's Deathstroke the Terminator is like oh man he might be able to beat a whole bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. you did that far, like dang old man, you going, you gonna be a you gonna be a pedophile just to get revenge for your son, man. You, woof, woof. You a dude. You you a bad guy. So that musical cue means that we have come to the end of the show. I'd like to thank my panelists and you too for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show, and you can check your local listings to see if it's airing in your viewing area or visit the website at fantasticforum.tv we have all the episodes of the tv show we've got segments broken out so you can check out the toy and game profiles the special event coverage the special features the discussion the interviews all of that right there for you at fantasticforum.tv also you can check out the radio episodes there and the show is available as a podcast on all the platforms where you can find your favorite podcast, thanks to our friends at The Great Geek Refuge. And of course, the show re-airs each and every Thursday right here on WERA from 3 to 4 p.m. If you miss any portion of it over the weekend, always check out that re-air. And come back again next week, 4 p.m., same bat time, same bat station. Have a wonderful weekend, people. <laughs>